0: watching the mighty be in sports joining up the world from our international broadcast center here in qatar i'm richard keys and i'm andy gray not just live on be in sports to all corners of the globe but we're on twitter now as well and um, we also have a podcast available on apple and itunes at the end of the program which is proving to be extremely popular really Mm. excellent i like that a very good, very, very good week in being sports studios during our Champions League coverage. Mm. Uh, I, I've said it previously, mm. love listening to
1: Le Professeur. What we have seen so many times in our life is Messi. You know, uh, when Mr. Messi came in and said, OK, let me finish the job now. And uh, from the 2-0 on, it looked more 4-0 uh, until uh, the end. Mm. How good are judges here of football?
2: Oh, traffic. Listen, you, had, you don't get the success or have the success he has had as a coach throughout his whole career without knowing the game, uh, without studying the game, without being aware of everything that's happening in football. Um, he looks, when I was watching him in midweek there here on Beard Sports Register, he looks like he's a, a, a little frustrated
0: and by mm. that I mean he's ready to come back. I think. That would be good news. Mm. Uh, Congratulations to everybody concerned with Sheffield United. Not least my manager of the year, Chris Wilder. Mm. What a job done again. Out of League 2 with Northampton, 100 points plus. Mm. Out of League 1 with Sheffield United, 99 points, I think. (laughs) Out of the championship now. Maybe as champions this weekend. Mm. But what a week, actually, Andy, in Yorkshire with these two... United's Sheffield and Leeds nip and tuck mm. for the last, what, three months. Easy. And yeah. then what a magnificent gesture. And I, there's an argument, it wouldn't have affected anything anyway, but. What a fantastic gesture from Bielsa yes. to give up the goal that they scored against Aston Villa the way yeah, they I, did. And promote Sheffield United, incidentally, as a result. Yeah, but I, I, you know, with Bielsa, it's,
2: it's one of those, and I think what surprised everybody is because it was Bielsa. We know about the spy gate, mm. we know how he sent his mates over to have a look at teams who we've been playing against. So everyone then assumes that when something good should happen in the game, he won't be a part of it. Well, he, he, he th- totally threw everybody last weekend when, he, when Aston Villa were playing them, and he just says, let them score, let them score.
0: Didn't have to, by the way. No, they he didn't, didn't have, have to. I said wrong. that
2: last week. There was nothing in the laws of the game that says Leeds United have to put the ball out of play when someone oh. is injured. It's up to the referee, unless it's a head injury. He would stop it immediately. It wasn't a head injury. It wasn't really an injury, a bad injury at all. So Leeds were entitled to go on. It was Aston Villa who were at fault for stopping and not being professional, if you're totally honest. So Leeds didn't need to say, let Villa
0: score. Bielsa did, and I think we should applaud him for that. We're off to Sheffield to discuss further. Also on our programme this week, um, this is what we briefly mentioned last week. When is a cheat not a cheat? Um, your, your brain gets you to a place, Andy, a 20th of a second before physically you might arrive. So therefore, when you put your arm up and shout, my ball... You could just be telling the truth. I have that problem with my mouth and my brain. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this, this is fascinating. This is modern-day coaching techniques, mm. virtual reality. Uh, these guys working with four of the top six clubs in the Premier League, yeah. I believe, and a, a host of championship clubs. Yeah. You've I've done, done it. this,
2: haven't you? I've done it. I did it about uh, two years ago, Richard. Um, there was a, a, a guy back in England wanting to promote this and do it, and he asked me to go and have a look at it. Went to his house, and, a, and just in a room, maybe a room 20 feet by 20 feet, yeah. and I put the, the. And the next minute, I'm in a, I'm on a training pitch, and I've got a session where I'm, I'm at the edge of the penalty area, the goals are there, and balls are coming at me, and I'm controlling them and shooting, or chest shooting, heading. A little weird because you don't really feel mm. the ball hitting you and you know, but it was a fascinating thing I, I did think then I offered him some opinions I said I think it's something that you would use for kids the young people academies brilliant no contact so less chance of injury um, you point. can be able to work with them in that respect no impact at all with it, with the football or anything um, it was all a little real but I see they've moved it on now to being able to put players into situations where they're with top pros. Yes, you can go on the with pitch. Them. That's what I'm saying. They've moved on from when I saw it. And I absolutely was, was convinced two years ago that this would be something that the modern day footballer and the modern day club would get use of. Well, a nice little investment
0: on your partner. Well, I didn't invest in it, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Last week was a very good show. Our first guest this week is oh, top the guest. aforementioned... Brown.
3: Two years ago, I just got chatting about the social media. Could I help out? I was missing some of the events the FWA were doing. I wanted to get involved in them. When they asked me to, if I'd be chair, it was a big surprise, a great honour. It took me a while to consider it <laughs> and be in sports to support me. So thank you very much to everyone at the channel. 50
2: games seems a, a small amount when we think of all the amazing games that have been throughout cool. the years. What was your criteria to make yes. the top 50? Context
4: is important. It's got to mean something, hasn't yes. it? When Blackburn Rovers won the title. Yes, uh, in 1995. Now, that, that wasn't a great game, was it? But it had massive amounts of drama and oh, yes.
0: positioning of big European football clubs, John, to try and revamp Champions League. All of
5: this reshaping of a European Super League comes from fears amongst Spanish, Italian, and German clubs because their fear is that the Premier League is becoming too strong.
0: Why your pitch? How did FIFA get to hear about this glorious? Surrounding. I think just how scenic it is, the surrounding area. A lot of the comments we see around the pictures of kick the ball into the sea and you know, so on. get it, it's not like that. It's just a, a lot, a lot more serene, a lot just a, a beautiful landscape. So
4: it does draw a lot of attention. To that.
0: I did like that story, Eriskay. went down very well in the social media, well, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful part of the world, absolutely. Latest update.
3: Uh, ah, they've been on the cusp of
0: a, an alleged takeover, Bolton, for the past fortnight. But no, it has failed. So what uh, happens? I don't know, Andy. I really don't know. There's a game outstanding, remember, that the players refused to play in because they hadn't been paid for And two there'll be months. one this weekend outstanding. Well, I think the PFA have loaned money in order that the wages can be paid So we await developments, but it's a club in a mess. And this has to be every Blackpool fan's ultimate nightmare. No. It might be that Owen Oyston, previous owner, buys it back out of administration and continues his ownership in a different guise. I thought they had new owners. No, no, no. no, I think think we we mentioned 50 different bids. Paul Stewart's one of them. But it's a club that's attracted a lot of attention. Famous old club, Stanley Matthews Club. But the Owen Oyston might buy it back. My oh goodness, no, surely he well, wouldn't fit the criteria to take
2: over well, a we don't club know, do we? after what went on. <laughs> we don't goodness know, do me. Uh, on, MPs guys. are
0: backing safe standing. Again, a subject we've discussed here, what, I don't know, getting on for two, almost three years ago yes. now, Andy. Um, but there's a downside. And we'll talk about this with John Cross later. Oh wow. Really? It's going to be more difficult to identify individuals Why? if they're stood and not, sat watching football matches. But safe standing, isn't, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, surely safe
2: standing is you have a seat, but you have the option to stand and you're almost like in a, no,
0: your own little cage. You stand. I thought you had a seat. There is a seat that can be, Tottenham have introduced it, there is a seat, but if it, you stand and the seat okay. is taken away. All right. I, I, I mean, I, I watched this. Me too. And was staggered mm. and I have to say that Andy of this st- look the medical department he met the criteria well
6: anybody no, that, ca- that's, that's anybody take that
0: takes a savage blow on the head like he did yeah right yeah. okay so he's not immediately concussed we've, we've talked about this so often he's not immediately concussed but he's in a dangerous state and any further blow to the head during the course of that game the next 10 minutes could be fatal yeah I know but they, they they
2: followed they followed the protocol. Well, they didn't, did they? Well, because they didn't. should have taken no, him off. No, no, they followed. Liverpool the, the, did that with Fabinho they recently. It, they followed the the UEFA, or FIFA. Who is it? Uh, FIFA.
0: They followed the protocol that's out there. Now, what I would say is that the protocol out there isn't strong enough, right? Well, FIFA are actually now going in the direction that you and I again have been talking about for some time, Perfect. saying we might, we might introduce these. Ten-minute substitutions yeah. to replace the player, and then if he's okay, following further tests in and around yeah. the tunnel area, back he goes. But that was just
2: that was. Well, do you know, you know how you, I knew that was bad? Because the referee showed huge concern about it mm. and came over to the touchline and said, "Time and I get well, it must have been for about thirty seconds. Is he okay? Are you sure? Is this going to be okay? Are you all right with this? Is he coming back on? Are you sure?" So even the referee was who was on the field, playing right beside it, was concerned. We
0: had the same problem, if you remember,
2: Qatar. Yes.
0: Uh, finals yes. yeah. and Ian McGuinness The doctor yeah. Had to remove Centre back 2-0 Best player Best player 2-1 And then as a doctor You're thinking Wow What have I done I've That's the us. pressure they're under. They are under pressure But, but the listen, safety of the just, player Has correct. to be paramount Correct It doesn't matter how much Pressure under His health is more important Than anything Yeah. Uh, this is what Pochettino Was saying about it When questioned After the match
6: I think we, we follow The protocol I think you can Watch on TV what that happened, um, that our doctor, our medical staff behaved very well. They were excellent, followed the protocol. Um, and of course, I think um, I respect because um, I think um, I am professional about football, not about medicine. And of course, um, in all the decisions about health, is about the, the medical staff. And... When they make all the protocol and was negative the concussion, and that is why they allow to to the player continues to play, allowing him to play. I think the most important thing for us always was or is going to be is and is going to be the health of, of the of the player. Um, it's not important the game, it's not important the result, it's not important. It's a semi-final Champions League. The most important is the health of, of the player. That is our priority always. But it's not about
0: whether he's concussed. It's about the blow to the head. Yes, sir. And therefore, taking extra care. Well, you're not going to assess that. To be sure. You're not going to assess that. in a minute. I said a to you half. at the golf club um, yeah. the morning after. Best free kick I've ever seen. Better than Roberto Carlos for me. Not for me. Do you know why for me? Go on. Because he meant it. So did Roberto Carlos. And he could put that back down there and do that again.
6: No, mm, no. And put no. that there. And he does. You no. go
0: online and watch him. Roberto Carlos, by his own admission, shut his eyes. No. and hit it um, and I he was, never replicated I it. was on the ground I, I know. the night Roberto Carlos. did he ever do that.
2: that again well it doesn't matter no. he never tried it again he can do that yeah I know he can listen it was an amazing free kick there's absolutely no doubt about that and Liverpool will look the wall I've always said when you've got somebody as good as Messi what else, no, no, I mean if you if you drew a straight line from that ball to the goalpost, it would probably go through these two players which mm. is, which is a standard one beyond the ball to stop on bending it but when you've got somebody like Messi you surely have to put one more there I've always said that. And you've got an extraordinary free kick taker. Instead of just having one
6: mm.
2: blocking the post, have another one. And if they had another one there, it would have been more difficult for him to do that. And he would have had to go higher and might have missed. But whatever it was, at the timing of it, the moment it happened, um, the stage that he did it in. It's a bit like Ronaldo's free kick in the World Cup last, last mm-hmm. year. That amazing free kick he scored when he got the hat-trick that night. These players choose the time more than anything for me. Mm. You know, they might do it against alvarez and people he was like that. going to do
0: it. Those, those lovely close-ups. Yeah. You, you, you could see him. he, he measured it. Absolutely, he Wonderful. does that. Yes, he does. Wonderful.
2: And they, they picked the time
0: to do it. Wonderful free kick. Amazing free kick. But this is interesting. It's development. We've talked about globalisation of world yeah. football, have we not? Um, okay. Reserve league in Scotland joining up with the likes of uh, Switzerland from Belgium. I don't mind that.
2: I think that would make the competition stronger, and if it makes. Scottish
0: young Scottish players better, then I certainly am off for that. It's, it's an interesting cross-border development. Yeah. Um, I might be proved wrong, but I don't know how he would know that, Rafa, because Why is that? he doesn't live in the North he, he lives must have in the manages, he,
2: he manages Newcastle. Yeah,
0: lives on the world. Um, Does he really? Coventry close to a deal to stay at the Rico <laughs> as well. And this was unfortunate. A leak online of next year's <laughs> home kit at <laughs> Manchester <laughs> United. But it is what I would describe as a traditional United kit. White shorts, black, black socks. socks. That was Fergie's chosen jersey. kit, wasn't it, Sir it, Alex? Always. Yeah. I've said to you, do what you like with this. But this. Answer me a question. I, I always, I always thought kit. Premier League clubs, did they not bring us a, a new
2: strip out last year? Yes. Oh, I thought there was a... Wasn't there a stipulation? I, I, I,
0: listen, I, I'm
2: with you. I, thought, but I mean, you can't keep asking mothers and fathers of children who have... Little kids who support Manchester can, United seems. to buy a new strip and it's every not year. Not just
0: United. That, no, I know that. But that. I'm that, talking but about all the clubs. It's ridiculous. Mm. But it's better. It's better than the one they're currently wearing. Mm. Uh, Miguel Antonio, <coughs> you didn't like his celebration well, I did too much. Not did like you? It. Well, that was strange, I thought. Yeah. Now yeah. I know why. Well, yeah. Um, Dancing Dan, I think they call him in, in, in the States. American the comedian guy. Dan Rue. Yeah. Okay. Brew. That's the one. He hit that almost as good as me. Oh, well, he must be a good player then. Uh, by the way, I've no idea.
3: No idea. No I no idea. just thought I mean, it was an explanation that I would funny. share with you.
0: This is good. This is funny. Michi <laughs> Bashwai. <laughs> <laughs> Who's been the worst striker of the
2: Roman? Abr- Abramovich era. Well, I'll just check that I'm not in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well done, Mitchie. Fair play to him. Very good. Fixed this weekend live in the Middle East and North Africa and Indonesia at the Pacific Rim where B in Sports continues to grow apace. All these games live on our channels and we'll have John Barnes and Stefan Freund with us. Yep. John Cross joins us very shortly. Um, first question for John. What have you heard about a technical director at Manchester United? Oh. Rio Ferdinand through his hat into the ring this week. Really? He wants okay. it. OK. Haven't heard Gary Neville's name mentioned yet. I think he wants chief execs. Job, but so, a chance.
1: John, John will us next on Keys and Gray. It looks like there's a little bit a destiny that is against Liverpool. You know, they dominated for such a long period English football, and suddenly uh, from 89, 90 until today. Uh, they cannot win the Premier League or the Championship anymore. De Gea was uh, never g- uh, quite a good cross taker, but on his line he was unbeatable. Recently, he's not completely mentally as sharp as he was before. And it looks to me like uh, when he concedes the goal, he thinks, I should have done better there. And in every time, in every game, he goes down a little bit. What is impressive at Ajax, even when they are under pressure, when the ball is in a neutral zone, they're always first on the ball. That means when the ball is not for me or for you, I am first. That means they understand quickly the game. They read it well, and the anticipation level is very strong. It basically says, we won 1-0 away from home in the semifinal of the championship, but I'm not happy with the way we played. That is absolutely uh, shows you how much they want to play football of top quality, you know, there is a demand there, and desire inside the team to play a certain way of football and when they do not manage to do that, they are not happy. Tonight, is Barcelona plays at home, we go into a game of 180 minutes. Every goal you concede at home is deadly, we have seen that last night. What we have seen so many times in our life is messy. you know, uh, when... Mr. Messi came in and said, "Okay, let me finish the job now. And uh, from the 2-0 on, it looked more 4-0 until the end. But Liverpool had one chance. It is uh, a 3-0, they had the chance They hit the post. They should have scored. Let's not forget, Liverpool did not win the championship for 30 years. But in Europe, they do well. Why? Anfield. Home game. This is the most heated stadium in Europe in a return game. That's the only place you don't want to go is to Anfield because the atmosphere, everything is special there.
0: Remarkable. Mm. Uh, As I said earlier, love listening to him. One thing, away goals should not count double. No, they shouldn't. Not in the modern game. They shouldn't. Just shouldn't. They shouldn't. Uh, John Cross, chief football writer of the Daily Mirror joins us. How are you, John?
2: John, have you been playing with your toys at the back there? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's a risk isn't it it's a risk whichever
5: way I point, I point the camera it's mess,
2: get is there anything you yes, want to I tell us John are all,
5: all these your games me? you should see the sewing machine underneath
2: <laughs> I can see I can see the nail studio behind you that looks very good your nails are looking particularly good at this moment
0: <laughs> were you in Coventry this week by any chance John
5: no i wasn't but i did see the ceremony and it was uh, it was a nice touch wasn't it actually i think pat rice was in attendance one of the arsenal greats and the club really uh, recognised david danskin wasn't he i think the sort of kind of one of the uh, one of the most influential men in the club in in Arsenal's history, but um, but no, I was I was tied up on Champions League duty. Of course, but, you were, but, uh, it's, but it was nice ceremony. Yeah, but remarkable that he's laid there part. in
0: Coventry all these years, and nobody really knew until
5: no lately. No, hmm? no, no. It's nice. I think Arsenal do some some of their sort of club history, and it's nice to. I, I think it's become sort of like many Premier League clubs, it's become this global commodity. But yeah. it's nice actually. A lot of clubs. Um, I, I think are very much in touch with their past. I, was, I sort mm. of went up to Everton this week, and uh, you know that that's a club absolutely, even though it's you know got m- massive grand plans for the future. I do think that that club is another one that is determined to stay in touch with its past, and, and the community work that that football club does is, is absolutely top class, absolutely mm. top.
0: John, yeah. what are you hearing about the job of technical director at Manchester United? Who is favourite?
5: Oh yeah, it's uh, a few clubs. Uh, a few clubs are looking for a technical director, and I have to say, I look. The, uh, Man United, I think, have distanced themselves somewhat from the talk of uh, Mike Phelan. I do think there's a possibility that, that that there'll there'll be a restructure, but it could also come from from an internal appointment. There's, there's been a lot of love this week, isn't there, for, for Edwin van der Sar, for example, mm. who obviously has done such a good job at Ajax. Um, but I feel as if the, the Man United has to make this right appointment. A modern, a modern, huge club, I think, almost has become the... If you want to move forward, if you have, want to have a long-term project, a technical director or a director of football... I think it's almost become now the most important job at, at that football club. We might not like it, that might sound, you know, alien to us in in many ways, but that that job should be one of, of of gravitas, of one of respect across Europe, and I think that that right appointment has to be made. I I was I was under the sort of the impression that really United would um would consider an internal appointment. Um but also, you, you know, are looking across the rest of Europe and they have to get this right, the, the, the next appointment absolutely right. Because if Solskjaer is to succeed, if Solskjaer is to rebuild that squad, then I think the technical director job is, is massive for them.
2: But surely, John, as well, for United, have to consider if they're going to appoint. Uh, a director of football, it has to be surely in tandem with what Oli Gunnar Solskjaer wants for the club. You can't appoint someone, surely, that thinks totally differently from the coach, or can you?
5: Well, Andy, I, I think this is a great point, you see, because I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, a, an example. That, that Arsenal were on the brink of appointing mm-hmm. Monchi, yep. and, and frankly, they'd shaken hands on it, he was going to come. Now, I think, actually, they have dodged a bullet there because... Not because I'm I'm sort of casting aspersions on on either person involved, but Monchi is very, very closely linked to Unai Emery. Now, in my view, even though they should be absolutely in tandem, it shouldn't be, the technical director shouldn't be the manager's man. No. So basically, they should work closely together. Mm -hmm. Please don't get me wrong. But I actually think that there's a danger there, because if the manager then, you know, leaves, then the technical director, you know, if he's inextricably linked to the manager then he, his position probably has to go and then the club has to start all over again Fair point I think the absolute ideal model and I, really I think is at Manchester City because Manchester City have a structure there that was in place they have Trixie Bergstein you know the, the, the whole structure there and he's obviously linked to Pep Guardiola was yes. able to bring in the best manager in the world arguably but also that they built a structure there that, that, even if Guardiola was to leave, then they would still make a progressive appointment and that structure would mm-hmm. remain. Mm. So I think that yes, it's great to have a link between the the, the manager and, and the coach, but not too closely. Mm-hmm. And I think Man City, Liverpool do it brilliantly. You, you, you know that, that they are they are setting the standard that if the worst happens and Guardiola or Klopp left. Both of those clubs wouldn't fall apart. They really wouldn't. I think right. they'd have the right people in place, they'd have the right, the right men at the helm, they'd work closely with the manager. And if you look at Man United, Man United by comparison is almost dysfunctional. Yeah. They, they, they absolutely have to make that right appointment <coughs> now. And it's, it's a real worry. I mean, Solskjaer was the, the fairy tale appointment. Let's not make any mistake about that. And the momentum and all the legends said he must be appointed. And I have to say, I, d- I do think ultimately they've they just got it wrong. Well, like, I suppose, I, I John, th- they, yeah, they might have a
0: point in the summer, but is, you know, there knows. is an argument that they've got their technical director in Sir Alex Ferguson. So that's
5: <laughs> yes. <a> <laughs> now that would be wrong. By, wrong. by the wrong. way, space, isn't reserved? <laughs> there's a lot of love for
0: Edwin van der Sar, but if you speak to the Dutch and yes. Andy and I yeah. do occasionally here, they'll tell you that Mark Overmars is the brains behind what's going on. at Yes, Alex, one, of your, own, John, one of your own, John. One of your own. Very much yeah so. John, what's going? What's going to happen at Bolton?
5: Oh, well, I have to say, what an absolute... I mean, again, I've been listening to sort of interviews this morning with Bassini. Um, Bassini says that he's got everything in place. Has he? um, Which is at odds with what the football... Uh, Sorry, with with what Bolton put out last night and indeed what the Football League seem to be suggesting first thing this morning. Although the Football League seem to be slightly railing back on that and basically saying it's only their job to kind of, you know, confirm or otherwise... The ownership. One thing I would say is this has been so messy, so protracted, so ugly. If Bassini from here on in does incredibly still get in, would the Bolton fans have that, that, that faith that they need, that the, that the owner who's taken them over can take them them forward as a club? I mean, if you're missing deadlines which were promised for payment, uh, as Bolton has said about Bassini, I don't know then that you've got the trust from the players no. either. But no. what an absolute mess! And and listen, w- without casting aspersions on on the potential owner or, or the would be you know um, owner here, bearing in mind his previous track record <laughs> in English football, the yes. track record at Watford, yes. it is not a good look. I'm no. sorry, it's really not. Bolton is a fabulous football club, fabulous history and tradition. It really shouldn't be put through the, the ringer like this, and frankly, everyone's look, made to look. Been but he, but to he's look done foolish. his time,
0: John. The Football League teller, Sean Harvey, said he's done his time. So, uh, whatever previously <laughs> happened, he is now fit and proper. He's undergone go. a, good a remarkable. Yeah, I, good luck. I, I yeah. think we've
5: given him yeah. too much. I think we've given him too much um, publicity, too much credence. And I think sometimes as journalists, we need to look and say, hang on a minute, how should we a- be approaching this story? Should we a- be approaching this story straight or with some scepticism? Write it with some attitude, report it with some attitude. Agreed. Some, some of my journalistic colleagues on, on, on other papers and indeed in print, you know, the, 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 you know, Mike Keegan at the Daily Mail, for example, covered it really, really well. Got to, I think got into it and sort of kind of really, you, you know, sort of got to, they've they got past the bluster, they've got past the cheap chat and basically actually really done something you know sort of exposed i think we agree john we, we,
0: we'll have a word with carrie brown and get this
2: sorted out we will have, yeah. we'll definitely have it sorted out <laughs> just a quick one john before you go uh safe standing talking about it again are we any closer to the the premier league
0: implementing it and would it hide racists john critically
5: yeah i've seen that story and i have to say i don't know whether you've seen the video footage this morning um, taken off some Valencia fans making um, uh, really offensive gestures um, towards the Arsenal fans last night. Uh, uh, I have to say that, that, that it was so clear, that, that the video footage of these guys, that it would be inexcusable for them to, to get off. But if they were in a sta- safe standing section, they wouldn't be so, you know, they would be sort of merged almost closer yeah. together, and I think it would be harder to pick them out. That is a concern. I don't, think, I don't think it should necessarily stop the debate, but, but should be part of the debate. Because I think that it's very, very clear what happens at football. If you are a home season ticket holder, you go there and you sit the majority of the game. And basically, if you are an away fan, you go to an away game and you stand up it 's just what is done mm. and I think sooner or later we 've we've, we, we've got to address this issue because it can almost become dangerous okay. i think in, in what we 're doing, okay. but I do think that safe standing is worth talking about such an emotive issue we know that that I do think it has to be discussed you know for, for, for in the long term the football league it 's something that is continued looks looks at and indeed hasn 't shied away from. And I do think that probably for the Premier League experience, I I do think we, we need to keep on discussing it.
0: John, as ever, with attitude, we are grateful with to attitude. you. With attitude. You. We'll, we'll let you get back to your toys.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to do some sewing.
0: <laughs> John, John Cross, Chief Football Writer at the Daily Mirror, thank you for your time. Uh, when we come back, when is a cheat not a cheat? Mm-hmm. Because there's science that it ever not a cheat? Well, maybe a get-out-of-jail-free okay. card for the cheats. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll discuss. And we're off to Sheffield shortly to talk about the Blades. So, as previously mentioned, this is something that we touched upon last week and I wanted to pursue, Andy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, when you played, put your hand up and said, my ball, knowing full well, it wasn't? Oh, yeah, hundreds of times. So it's been a premeditated act no, or did you no, genuinely think
2: it might have been your When ball? I say hundreds of times, yes, I've claimed for things that weren't mine hundreds of times because, and I knew it. But there's also times when I've claimed not knowing whether it was my throw-in or my corner, or was it their throw-in or their corner. Yes, when you
0: come, come together at, a, at, at almost the same time. So there's a get-out get clause for you here, because you is might there? not necessarily have been cheating. Oh. You see, it, it is possible, as you can see from yes. the article here, that footballers aren't lying, because a scientific study has suggested that we perceive our own actions as a, occurring a twentieth of a second earlier than they actually are. So the guy I'm playing against could have been cheating. Exactly. Ah, yeah. After all yeah. these years. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> and here's the man who's been partly responsible for this research, Professor Michael Macbeth, the director of the Pearl Lab in Arizona State University. And he stayed up until a small hours to talk to us. Uh, Prof, thank you very much for doing that. Thank First you, Michael.
3: Oh, sure, you're welcome. It's my pleasure.
0: Mike, Michael, w- where did you start with this research and why?
3: All right. Well, so um, we we're interested in both basketball and football cases of um, and I, you know, I play uh, basketball, actually. But um, uh, the, uh, the idea of when both people hit the ball out of bounds or kick the ball out of bounds at the same time. And um, it just occurred to me that uh, um, you perceive your own actions really accurately in real time because you've got to be able to kick the ball exactly when it goes by you. Um, because you're planning things out ahead of time so that your brain might start firing ahead of time. Um, but the actions of somebody else, that you don't know, you might uh, uh, it actually takes a little while because you're, you're surprised you're not planning it out. You don't know about that in advance. So, 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 we, so
0: Michael, uh, where, where did you actually start this research and how did you come yeah, to these conclusions?
3: Yeah, well, so I should credit to my graduate student, Tai Tang, and I talked about this. He's the first author, but... Um, we uh, started about a year ago, and then well, what we did is we set up a board, uh, a game, where there's lights turned on and off, and two people sitting across from each other had a big board so they couldn't see each other, and they just touched each other's hands. And we, we set up the lights so that they touched really closely at the same time. Um, what was different than a football game is that there's no, so they touched each other's hands and then they they had to uh, push a game controller to say who touched first. And what's different is there's no uh, like winner or loser, like it doesn't matter who touched first. It was just, what's your judgment of what you perceived? And it turned out that uh, people, if they touched at the same time, both people actually perceived they touched first. If the other guy touched you 50 milliseconds before you touched him um, or her, then you felt like you touched it at the same time. So, so Michael, we the, are, we, are we talking
2: about like a 20th of a second time yes. difference? That the both will yeah. think they are, they, they believe that what happened, they are the control yeah. of. But would it all, see, in sport, Michael, would it, and I played it for many, many years professionally, would it also be fair that if I was a second late to uh-huh. getting, to, getting <laughs> to the football and immediately claim that's mine, I would be cheating. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, so, I, I mean, I think we know that people argue their case and, and sometimes are lying about it. Uh, but we, we just thought it was interesting that there are these cases when it's really close and they both vehemently believe yeah. that they're yeah. telling the truth. And then we just assume the other person is lying because we know <laughs> that people do a lot. But actually, they, when they, you know, they're not lying. They both really strongly perceive that they touched it first. So it, it adds to the vehemence of uh, what we're playing especially if it's like a friendly pickup game so there's not even a referee um, and you're just calling each other it's like wow you know that guy even you know (laughs) even though he's a buddy of mine that we drink beer with later on (laughs) that 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 he's still cheating now and and it's just showing that we that we actually do have this bias Um, you know the same timing thing comes into play when you do the mexican ola wave and we actually timed those all over the world uh, you know, the speed of the waves going around yes. stadiums? Yes. And it turns out that's tw- about 20 people per second. So what we're finding is that this delay in perceived time is about the same as um, our motor behavior, like the fastest that you can coordinate movements. It's also the fastest that people can drum. So it, it actually makes sense from a, um, a planning standpoint or uh, that, uh, our evolutionary standpoint that we evolved um, – the ability to perceive things as fast as um, we can uh, coordinate our motor behavior. And it doesn't really do any good to perceive things faster than that. So,
0: Michael, it's small margins, but is this something of a get-out clause for those who actually (laughs) do want to cheat? (laughs)
3: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think... uh, Because then you could argue, look, we don't really know people make mistakes. I, I don't think... We need any more motivation to cheat <laughs> that, or to lie about it. I think people will do that anyhow. But but I, I think if you're, especially if you're playing with friends, um, then then you realize okay, even though it seemed like um, I touched it a split second earlier, maybe you know we touched it at the same time, or um, or, or I might, it's possible I might have been a little later. So we're hoping it could add a little humility to people's uh, confidence. <laughs> Professor, just let me ask you one question regarding football. Professor, does,
2: soccer. Do we need to differentiate? Well, soccer. I, 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 I'm hoping that. Well, I'm. Call no,
3: it like, football. I'm okay, that's I'm, good. That's I'm, good for I, me.
2: I'm hoping it was football we you were uh, Football. This side <laughs> of the pond, we we're talking about. <laughs> it, it, does that same applied football? If, if I'm going into the penalty area, professor, with a ball, ah. and I, and I see a defender come across me to ah. tackle me. And does my brain assume I'm going to be hit, therefore I'm going to fall down a fraction earlier than I might have done?
3: Well, we're looking at that now. So all (laughs) we've tested so far is when you're planning your own behavior, you perceive it a little earlier than um, actions of others. But if you can see the other person doing something, I think you probably do perceive that a little earlier also because you incorporate that into your... Um, planning of of how the world is, is moving. So, so, I think you're right. You, you, actually, um, I have noticed with myself when I'm falling over that um, I start yelling in pain sometimes <laughs> before I actually hit Correct. the ground. <laughs> So I think, you, I think we do do that, actually. Well, there so, you go. They all do
0: nice. now, Michael. Yeah. Everybody, when they fall over, screams anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly <laughs> ahead of myself. I know that we've got to end this. Yes. So. <laughs> Thanks for staying up late. Thank you, again. Michael. Appreciate your time, Michael. Oh, Great sure. to talk. Thank you very pleasure. much. Thank you, yeah, Professor Michael well. McBeth. And anyone done for simulation this weekend, we have his number, I would be making that my first call, wouldn't you? Well, I'll be, I'll be reassessing the accusations I often
2: make to the modern day footballer, obviously.
0: Uh, there we are, big final yeah. day in the Championship, Sunday. Title up for grabs, Norwich City are on the road, they go got a Villa. Sheffield United can pinch top spot. Yes they can, and goal difference, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it just? Would be amazing actually. To Yorkshire. To talk with our next guest, James Shield, the Sheffield United correspondent at the Sheffield Star. James, hi. Thanks for talking to us. Hi, James.
7: Hello. Hello there. My pleasure.
0: Now, have
2: you, have you been enjoying this season as much as we have away over here watching Chris Wilder's side perform the way they have and being chased by Leeds?
7: It's been an absolute pleasure this season, to be honest. It's not something I've been able to say for the past or, or you know, for, for much of my time here, to be honest. Uh, But no, it it has. It's been an absolute joy. And and do you know what? For for a whole host of reasons, not only the football that they've played, it's a really pioneering brand of football. Mm. And when you look at the financial sort of constraints that they've got, you know, it's almost a type of football that they shouldn't be playing. They haven't parked the bus, they've really attacked teams. But there's just some lovely stories there as well. You know, players who have started their careers in non league, you've got fans such as Chris. Fans such as Billy Sharp, the captain in sort of key positions at the, at the football club. And the one thing, and do you know what? I think when you see what's happening elsewhere in English football uh, and across the English Football League, one of the key things for me and, and one of the most pleasurable things and most pleasing things to see is that it's a club where the, the team and the support is as one. It's, it's, it sounds a cliche, but it, it's Sheffield United in more than just name.
0: Good stuff. Uh, my manager of the year, James, I have to say, I think it has been Can an extraordinary I, season. It has been, James. Can I ask you, give me your opinion on this. Who's had the harder job? And this might
2: sound daft, but I, I think it's a valid question. Bielsa taking over a giant like Leeds and trying to get them up? Or Chris Wilder doing what he's done at Sheffield United?
7: I, I, I think it is. It's a, it's a good question. And... I think it's almost a, a, an impossible one to answer. Do you know what? I think they've probably both had equally hard jobs in in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bielsa, obviously, when you look at the weight of expectation yeah. that there is at Leeds United, and also you've got to say the weight of expectation that his wonderful coaching CV brings yeah, with it yeah. as well. You know that that brings its own sort of pressures, but. I think where it's been different for Chris, it's a different kind of pressure. It's almost the weight of responsibility that he puts on himself uh, because he is a a supporter, because he does live in the city and he he is so close to the fans. And the one thing that they've done as well, although the board have given them a a competitive budget this year, they have had to sell players. David Brooks, of course, went for for big money to Bournemouth. But they've had to do all of that on a budget and they've had to do all of that by using things other than a checkbook. And I, I I think, again, it's one of the things that's really pleased me is that it's what Sheffield United have done this season has almost struck a blow for good <laughs> coaching yeah, because yes. they've improved players yes. who, yes. all, who have already been at the football club.
0: What was the, re- sorry, the so, t- sorry, James. What was the reaction in Sheffield to Bielsa's gesture to give Villa that goal back last week?
7: I think they were actually quite impressed, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I mean, they've... Uh, uh, <laughs> highly delighted as well of course but uh, I was actually in the uh, in the in the bar at the ground where the, where the players had gathered to to watch that game because of course everybody knew Leeds had to win uh, to really take the title race to the final or the the, the race were automatic to the final day even then i think when you look at the goal difference, goal difference between yeah. the two yeah, sides yeah, Sheffield yes, united yes, already yes. had one foot there but yeah, they they were they were highly delighted. I don't think they were so impressed with Patrick Bamford's uh, yes. shenanigan.
0: Well, he's got his uh, comeuppance, <laughs> hasn't he
7: he, he? he certainly has. And, and do you know what? And I say this with no, you know, no sort of parties and angle whatsoever. But I think quite rightly so. It's not. It's not something that anybody no. particularly wants to see in the game. But no, they. They were pleased, and, and, and it, was, it was. It was a great gesture because there's an awful lot of Staggering. rivalry between the two clubs and the two cities as well, there. Yeah, say of
2: it. course. Yeah. I was just thinking it could get even better, though, couldn't it, James, in many ways? Because if my old club, Aston Villa, do you a favour at the weekend, and if, listen, they are easily good enough to beat Norwich, I think you would agree yeah. with that, and you, yeah. do, you do what you're expected to do, win your final game, you, of course, will win the league on goal difference. What a story and, 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 that and would be!
7: Uh, it w- it w- it would be absolutely remarkable, and do you know what? If they do finish top, then deservedly so, Very because as sense. as Chris Wilder says, you know, it's about an accumulation of points over the course of the season, you know, rather than just in in key periods. But it's it's I, I do think when I look at the table now, having seen it across the season, I do think it's the mo- the two outstanding teams in the division. Yeah. Uh, that have finished in the, in the top two places. And it's interesting, two teams not with the biggest budgets either. I think no. they've both sort of fashioned their own ways of doing things, their, their own styles, and they've both given themselves their own identity. But, mm. yeah, you're absolutely right, Andy. I, I wouldn't like to play Aston Villa at the moment no. either. And James, was... last
0: question for you. Uh, what, what happens next week? Well, we can't prejudge, we don't know. But next week, the, 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 owner, the two owners, uh, Kevin McCabe mm-hmm. and his Saudi partner, they're in court fighting each other. To be able to make a decision about the club going forward, McCabe wants to sell it, doesn't he? What, what, what's the background and what's the likely outcome?
7: Well, the background is uh, uh, Kevin McCabe sold 50% of the parent company to uh, Prince Abdullah, the Saudi royal member of the Saudi royal family, in 2013. The the partnership then broke down. And without going into sort of all the details, because mm. I'd, I'd be here till this afternoon, <laughs> Richard. But it's the. the Because they both own 50%, there was a Russian Roulette clause in the deal. One could call the other, the other one could then immediately call the other one back to buy the club. They had a falling out over a manoeuvre that was designed to ensure that the property rights of the football club uh, weren't sold immediately. So Kevin McCabe refused to hand over his shares. The Prince then sort of, you know, brought a measure of his own. It's now going to court. who knows who will win it? I mean, ultimately, it's only a judge at the high court that's going to be able to decide that, because yeah. I don't see either of them either of them backing down. But do you know what? It, it, it is the one disappointing yes. thing, really, in the, yes. in the season. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and do you know what, though? What I will say is, as well, it's actually something as well that just underlines what a remarkable job Chris Wild has done. Because well, I
0: mentioned it, James. To be fair, listen. We work with a Sheffield Wednesday fan. What division will the Derby be played in next? Are they going <laughs> up next year, or can the Blades well, survive? Do
7: you know what? I think Sheffield United can survive. Uh, I think they'll do it in their own way. I think they'll again. They'll attack the division. I don't think they'll uh, they'll look to sit back. And do you know what? I, I think if you look at the job Steve Bruce has done just across the city if he'd have come in a couple of months earlier uh, dare well, I say it they, they could well have been in the playoffs and probably would have been That was by so, his choice
0: um, he was on holiday for a month James I I mean, know. he could easily have come <laughs> in a month earlier I, Do you
7: know what I, as much as I know he needed the break and, and Steve's talked about his reasons for needing that and quite rightly so I, I wonder if he's kicking himself I think he may be James James
0: it's really uh, good to talk know, to you what? I suspect I, We'll be back on next year. Thanks, James.
7: Fingers crossed. Oh, James, thanks. thanks
0: very much. James Shield, Sheffield United correspondent of good. star. Brilliant. Very Great to good. talk. And it all unfolds, of course, with us here on Be in Sports Sunday, the last day of the championship. Now, when we come back, we're going virtual. That's the future. Not gaming, but training. You can play now in your front room. Yeah. This is amazing. We'll explain more. Next. remarkable this uh, England's top football clubs and I mean top are using this facility now to coach this isn't gameplay Andy this is genuine coaching yep. technology Yeah. remarkable and uh, one of the one of the um Boffins? Is that the right word, I wonder? <laughs> I think boffin, yes, um, in this case. <laughs> behind this is Andy Etch the co-founder and sports director of Rezol, the company providing it. Andy, how are you? Hi, Andy.
4: How are you? Good to
0: meet you. Yeah, a very, very impressed, Andy. This looks extraordinary. What What's the seed of the idea and um, who's involved now?
4: Um, so it's myself and my uh, two fellow co-founders, uh, Gareth and Adam. And, uh, Adam and Gareth Space, we put together the platform um, a couple of years ago. And uh, we've all worked together to basically turn it into what it now, which is an elite training tool that's used by probably some of the
2: world's leading clubs. Andy, I, I actually, I was telling Richard, I had one of these on about two years ago um, yes, yeah. and tried it. It was, it was one that was like a basic training session. It was like shooting practice with a the goal there, same sort of thing, in a, in a confined area that could use it. So I'm guessing it's moved on now and you can take far more than just... As training session, you can implement, what, natural players are play who are playing now?
4: Yes, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably um, light years ahead of what you might have tried a couple of years ago. What we've yeah. we done now is something where you can actually, um, you, you get the impression of feeling the ball, you, you move naturally, you can put spin on the ball inside of your boot, the outside of your boot. You can, you can basically have the same kind of dexterous control that you would have of a real ball. Um, it's, it's phenomenally addictive and um, it's really beneficial as well.
2: You, you you mentioned the football there, Andy. When I tried this on, the one I tried on, you, there was no feeling of the ball hitting yeah. your foot or controlling it on your chest. Do you get a feeling of it doing that now?
4: So we use a um, we use a couple of tricks on the, basically a couple of brain tricks uh, uh-huh. using audio or visual that basically give you the the sense the sense of feeling. Incredible. It's- very bizarre. It's, it, unless you experience it, it's really, it's really hard to explain. Yeah. But um, it, there's what there's a kit just around the corner for you. Actually, it's um, a Spire in Dover, if you want to go try one out.
0: So, who, who's using it, Andy?
4: Ah. Uh, so we've, we've got four of the top six clubs in the Premier League using it. We've got a couple of clubs in, in the US in the MLS. Um, obviously, it was quite secretive and quite pre- prohibitive about what we're allowed to say. But there's um, there's various different uses from first team to academy to medicals so oh. play. There's a team at the top of the Premier League or near the top of the Premier League who've been using the kit for um, injury development of uh, players who've been out for long terms, basically, basically awesome. making sure their, their neuroplasticity stays, stays uh, with them and that they can feel an engagement with the ball, which obviously, I'm sure you'll know, Andy, is yeah. it's, it's damaging if you're out for long term injury. You want to feel the ball, you want to okay. get involved, you want to be moving around and, and, and engaging. It's really powerful in, in that way.
0: And, and are we hearing correctly, Andy, that it, it is an instrument that can also diagnose head injury? Yes.
4: Yeah, so we're we currently obviously been in the press quite a lot this week um, with regards to concussion protocols and things like that. We, we're developing several tools that help identify and, and um, look at the early signs of brain injury and, and obviously look at um, recovery programs as well to bring people back.
2: So what size, I mean, what kind of room, what kind of space do you need to put a session on like this?
4: Um, so we can basically scale up from 3 metres by 3 metres, all, all the way up to 10 metres by 10 metres yeah. with a wireless headset. Oh, and
0: and you, you genuinely can join, what, match play as well?
4: Yes, yeah. Um, so um, the screen, is obviously, my, uh, on my left shoulder or right shoulder is on the other side. Um, it's currently showing an analysis game of your um, Champions League game. So what we can do there is we can look at the moment, a moment from the game, take a viewpoint of a player's actual perspective, what they were looking at at that moment in time. It gives us a different way to analyse the game, that's just a little bit more in depth than traditional video. It.
0: Fantastic, absolutely love it, Andy. It's sensational, uh, really good of you to talk to us, and um, good luck with yeah, it all.
2: Thanks for yeah. Your time. I-
0: Andy, two years ago, I thought it might be good. I
2: now wish I'd known your number two years ago.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're more than welcome to try it. Give it yourself, but, um,
0: When I'm back, Andy, we'll give you a call, definitely. <laughs> Great to talk. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy Etches, co-founder of Rezil, which is the company providing that extraordinary
2: technology. I actually thought it would be... I said to you, I thought it would be brilliant for academies. I thought it would be a sensationally he first good...
0: for said four, I know. Six.
2: Now, that I was a bit less sure of when I was asked, do you think first teams will use it? And I thought, mm. maybe... But I thought where academies and, and under-21 players and under-23s go, I thought it would be a huge, massive aid It's actually become better than that.
0: Everton play Burnley Friday night. Gets yep. our penultimate match day underway. Arabic coverage in the Middle East and North Africa are an HD2 English language on 11 in Indonesia. It's be in sports one for you, as indeed is the case throughout the weekend. All of the Premier League matches, of course, live with us. John Barnes and Stefan Freud, mm. our guests this weekend. One uh, week to go, huh? Yeah, one week to go. Well, another right. season that's gone. What, penultimate.
2: Uh, one week to go. I'm just saying like another one. Where's it going? <laughs> well,
0: that is a good question. It's flown. Is that uh, six now? Six seasons here. In Qatar. Yeah. Six seasons gone. Another okay. four to go. World Cup. <laughs> here we go.
3: Bring
2: it
0: on. I'll, I'll try again. Thank you
3: for your sorry, company.
2: Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> did I interrupt you? Was that your we'll deal? see you, see you okay. back here same time yeah.
0: next week. Enjoy the podcast. <laughs>